the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Thanks for joining me today. Today is 11-11-2023, and things are heating up as we go into this holiday season. Um, but spare no expense, there's going to be just a massive amount of chaos that's continuing on and enduring throughout our world. But in the midst of the chaos, there's also some very, very, very positive things happening. There's very good things that are going on in our state, in our country. I don't know if you guys were able to catch the uh, Republican debate, which I think has its lowest ratings it's had out of uh, all the Republican debates, because why? Trump's not there, and he's a leading candidate. But essentially, it's the VP debate, uh, and who's going to be deciding on who the VP is. And we're going to play some clips with that. But first, um, not, a, not a stranger to this show. He's actually one of my first interviews that I did uh, when we started Noncompliant America. Uh, I have with me... In the studio, in the flesh, the man himself, Battleground, Oregon, Mark Thielman. Thanks, Josh, for having me back. It's good to be back, although, as usual, <laughs> it's hard to find because it's the location is undisclosed. That's right. I just That's kept driving right. around in circles until I found it. <laughs> That's right. You get coordinates. You have to meet the black Amen. man and follow it with the blindfold. That's right. That's I'm right. doing How real doing, well. Mark? Thanks for again for having me. No problem. So you've been kicking up dust um, throughout the years, but the most recent one is uh, definitely got the Republican establishment, the Democrats and the, the captors of the state uh, yep. in a tailspin. Yep. And, uh, you know, you're getting some really good traction and getting some good grounds and uh, setting a good precedent of what leadership mm -hmm. should be in the state of Oregon. And, and I've been following you, you know, obviously since you know, we met initially, but just even before that. Uh, and I've seen a lot of progression happening uh, and a lot of good things that you are essentially pioneering um, in setting a precedent for how Oregon Republicans, and more importantly, just Oregonians, um, should be looking for in leadership and also how to take control of the, uh, the narrative that tries to get spin spun on every account for anything and everything that we do we just have to understand that that is part of the yep. process it's naturally going to happen when you're in a captured state um like we are figuratively and unfiguratively i guess uh it, it's it's just par yep. for the course uh and i think you've been one of the more successful people uh in recent times for the state of oregon that have been able to penetrate beyond that veil of corporate censorship media mm -hmm. spins and propaganda and nonsense and stuff. And so I, we just commend you. I mean, you're getting national recognition now uh, with all the great work that you're doing. So what's new? What do you got cooking? What do you want to inform? Um, I know you recently just did the AI uh, release, and I really mm -hmm. want to talk about that because I talk about that on my, my show all the time, um, just the overall technological element on how it's affecting our mm -hmm. livelihoods, but not only that, just our election system and the integrity of our very fabric of society is being disbanded through yep. technology. And, and my, 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 my words of wisdom to my audience consistently is 
test yourself, check yourself, and make sure that you're able to disconnect from some of these systems. In the name of convenience, you give up your liberties. Um, So it's very important that people are aware of these things coming out because as always, just like like anything, the way Facebook is now in every cell phone and it comes mandatory on it and all these stuff, these tech uh, industries and applications and just applications within our life are creeping in just ever so slightly. And sometimes we don't see Mm -hmm. them until it's too late and the infrastructure's there, right? I want to talk about the CBDC program on how technology plays a part in that. Um, But more importantly, I want to talk about this lawsuit you have going uh, with AI, the secretary of state, give us a download, give us a uh, third grade analysis of what you discovered, what you broke the other day, mm-hmm. um, and and what's actually going on in our elections here. Well, I can do that. So uh, I had some people uh, that work actually close within the, the Capitol building in the government um, uh, with the Secretary of State's office that are patriots. And um, there's, there's more than the government is aware of. And uh, when I say patriots, these are Democrats. These are not Republicans. They're not out at conservative functions. They are um, uh, believers. They voted for Tina Kotek. You know, they're pro-choice, et cetera. But there's something that unites them to me and connects them to me. And that is the belief in free speech, constitution, and in general sense of privacy and freedom. That's important regardless of where you are in the political spectrum. And uh, so ironically, I got this leak from people that are not overall fans of my politics. And they said something that resonated with me emotionally uh, not that I'm an emotional guy, but sometimes I get my house gets infested with uh, what do they call that onion cutting demons and I start crying. Um, so, you know, so I happen to have an infestation at the time. And, and uh, you know, did you get that? Uh, yeah, I did. did I got you, I got you, some. Yes, there's a company okay. that comes in that takes care of that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the humor of it is all. Is it a, a preacher? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all joking aside. Yeah. You know, a little holy water. It takes care of it. But, um, you know, it's an, it was an interesting position for me to be in because, you know, as much as we had something in common, it's not like we had a lot of trust, but they came to me for a reason. And right. uh, they said, you know, Mark, you can you do something about this? And so I, I said, well, send me the, the RFP is what they called it, the request for proposal. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I read it and I'm like, oh boy, this isn't good. So what a giant step. Yeah. Um. I think over the past couple of years with the polarization of the Democrats versus the Republicans mm-hmm. and the, the rich versus the poor and the black versus the white and all the stuff. That's such a giant um, canary in the coal yep. mine, essentially with the wave that's coming yep. and we're in it in the, in the great awakening on how just people aren't buying anything anymore and and they're starting to see the real dire situation that the state and the country is in well the the fact that people are actually they're increasingly opening their eyes and and they're kind of passive about it because now it's just kind of reached a tipping point where people realize that not all was on the up and up during the covid pandemic and and maybe the vaccines weren't as good as they said and when i say passive is that people aren't necessarily aggressive or active you know active it just becomes part of the cultural understanding because of the weight of the evidence. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the inability of the media to keep the lie going. Cementing the narrative into mm-hmm. 
the future. Yeah, and the, the thing is, it's a much more truthful narrative. Um, you know, it's right. it's less hopeful in the sense that, you know, if it's a vaccine and it's going to cure everything, you know, that was the hope. Uh, it was far from reality. And now we're dealing with the uh, unintended consequences of that with health issues and ongoing issues. And so people people tend to, to, to change their position without really knowing they're doing that. And that's what sure. we're seeing. So uh, obviously these folks sent me that RFP and what it is, a request for proposal, uh, looking for an artificial intelligence surveillance system. And uh, they uh, awarded it to a United Kingdom company, a you know, Great Britain company, a British company. Um, the guy, the founder of the company was on TED Talk talking about why we, ha we can only protect democracy by rooting out people that, you know, do, do crazy podcasts and shows uh, from undisclosed locations. That's right. So, um, you know, it, it's designed to flag people and then rank them in tiers. So if you're a tier one threat, it's that you're saying something that the government would prefer you not to say. Could be misdis or malinformation as they categorize it. But then there's a tier two threat where they can say they declare you without your knowledge, without your consent to be surveilled. Uh, they declare you potentially criminal. And that language of potentially criminal gives the government license to refer you to law enforcement and the FBI. Now, what I want everybody to know, and I'll break this here, um, Oregon's actually behind the eight ball on this program. Washington State implemented this four months ago. The exact same RFP, the exact same criteria. And I... And, and just look, hold, you, hold you right there. Where does this come from? Where's the legislation coming from? Where are these people getting these concepts? Are there, is there an, an outside company that's lobbying these groups and these legislators to try to start pushing this mm -hmm. are they are they targeting it do you know what these companies are do you know their names do you know who yeah this is behind this it? company's called logically ai logically okay. ai logically and that's the one out of out of britain, britain or, yeah and there's several okay. others there's the titan program that they implemented two years ago that's a little bit different system it's it's supposed to be passive uh, it doesn't necessarily flag people. It's just a resource sure. that if somebody, if the government decides that somebody's bad, they can use that data to, to right. look back into the past. But they're using AI to drudge the data, the metadata, essentially, yeah. to track and, and start categorizing so, people based on a So computer. people need to understand that AI is a form of thinking. And it's an, it's an artificial program that thinks kind of like a brain thinks. So in the same way we breathe, whether we're conscious or not, I mean, we, have a, we have a system in our brain that, that's on all the time and it regulates our breathing. AI works the same way. It never sleeps. It never stops. It doesn't take the weekend off. So it monitors data um, on, um, to the second constantly. And you could say something even jokingly because AI doesn't always understand the context. And the AI will download your anti-democratic um, demo speech about, you know, your distrust in the um, the integrity of the Oregon mail-in ballot system, for example. See right there, I'm going to be yep. I'm going to be surveilled. Well, and also that's why the meme wars were so big mm -hmm. a few years ago, because the AI bots weren't able to decipher the sent sentiment within memes, yep. which is why memes were so powerful, and they were able to get through for so long in those meme wars in 2020 and 21. Yeah, and, um, and now they're putting people who put memes out in jail as a consequence of that. So this is what uh, a tyrannical government does. And, and I really want to encourage people listening, especially if you're not um, awake in the sense that you are, Josh. Um, that I'm not awake. That, that the fundamental principle 
of, of intellectual uh, discourse in democracy is setting your bias aside and just looking at the facts, the data. Absolutely. Um, and I work hard to do that. We all do. And the reason that we, we do that is because we have biases. Socrates laid this down thousands of years ago, and it's just as true today as it was then. The difference, though, is that the information we get is so, um, shall we say, um, charged. Yeah. And it can be manipulated so aggressively and so quickly. So, well, and, and let me give you an example of that. Like you're talking about AI and this and that. Couple, couple, couple points. The White House declaring, you know, uh, white supremacy, mm-hmm. number one domestic terrorist threat, right? Which essentially is giving them license to paving that path to where once they declare you a tier two or whatever this bot or system is, once it declares you a tier two, that gives them the creative license to then roll out the NSA and start mm-hmm. doing real surveillance, real time surveillance. In some cases, if you are a real threat, then they'll start putting people on you and, and, and infiltrating your social circles. And they do that. And the, and the typical way is that they go one or two degrees away from you, yep. which you're never actually engaging with the target directly, but mm-hmm. they're manipulating people around you. And so some people that there's these interesting situations that happen that just seem really odd, mm-hmm. but almost force fed to hurt you Yes, uh, in some direction. So there's that step. And, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds with that. But the second thing is them rolling out this AI. Notice how they've moved the foreshadowing and the Overton window of getting people. Think of the PR that's been going on in accepting AI, chat GPT. It's cool and everything else. I have a program right now. I was going to actually do that for my intro. I can go in and type what I want this thing to say, and it sounds like a person is reading it. Not only that, you take voice print technology, you have deep fakes floating around everywhere. We're getting into a very scary time Mm -hmm. where it's going to be hard to decipher what's real and what's not. Yeah. So in essence, um, this is what Elon Musk had warned about um, when he talked about we have to have AI that's completely biased towards the preservation of discourse and and humanity. But that isn't what's going on. Uh, You know, President Biden, uh, I know we're going to break here. He just kicked out an executive order to try to curb this AI because the Democrats now see AI as a threat to their dominance. That's right. You're listening to Noncompliant America, folks. This is not a dream. This is not a movie. This is your life. We've got Mark Gilman on the books. We will be right back. Welcome back. Second segment here, sitting down with Mark Thielman in studio, in the flesh. The man breaking stories left and right, penetrating the media, getting past all the censorship and nonsense going on, but also exposing some very, very, very critical things that are happening within our state, within our country, uh, that has to do with our election system and the integrity of the election system. And the secretary is also secretary of state's also talking about rolling out a new AI based system that we're talking about on how it's going to track and monitor and control you and see if you are deemed a threat 
to the system. And here's what's so interesting to me, right? When people think of AI, they think that it's a robot that's making and thinking and making its own decisions, right? Which on its face, it is. But at the same time, somebody had to program that robot to determine what is good and what is bad, right? And, the, and the, there, there was an instance where uh, this guy allowed the robot, I think he worked at Google, and they basically, or maybe he was uh, the Department of Defense. No, he was Google. You, okay. were, you were correct. Well, I'm not talking about Zach. I'm talking oh, okay. about somebody else. Uh, but they did a simulation with a war simulation with giving AI complete control to make a military decision. Mm -hmm. And so what it did is it went and immediately, immediately, I'll see if I can get this right. It immediately started attacking uh, like our own homeland. Mm -hmm. And then they were trying to shut it down. And so then it started to destroy the communication mm -hmm. to give us the power to over control the decision that AI made. Wow. And so it was just a simulation, mm -hmm. but they gave it the thing. And so it's, it's very dangerous. It, it can get out of control. Elon Musk has been talking about it in droves, everything else, but they're actually talking and trying to roll this out or are they rolling it out? Yeah. It's official now, right? It's, it's they've a, adopted it. Yeah. And I can give some more details um, in Oregon. So just so everyone knows, it has been rolled out in Washington state. And I was up in Seattle yesterday. Uh, attorney met me at, met with me at an undisclosed location. Nice. And um, uh, he wanted to meet with us uh, one, because he saw the lawsuit that was filed in Oregon, and uh, they were able to get it out and implement it in Washington without anybody detecting it. It was not, uh, what they did is, normally they have to advertise an RFP, they have to make an announcement. Sure. What they did is they structured it, uh, one, as a pilot program, so it was less than $150,000. Then they can just be nice and quiet about it, they can put it out. And so, then, then of course, once they get the contract in, they, they extend the contract and then they can pay the rest of the millions of dollars that they need see and so um it's it's amazing but this attorney had done some public records requests uh trying to represent people who had been tagged and visited by law enforcement and they found out they were being surveilled on a system they didn't know existed and so they came to this attorney and then of course he did his research found this lawsuit and wanted to meet with me and he actually had actual names because that was the first question i asked you know if, if in the in the uh, information you receive from the Secretary of State's office in Washington State, did it include actual names? And he showed me right there, the actual names and the tier two potentially criminal and, re you know, recommend referral to law enforcement. The names of the uh, targets? Of, of the targets. No way. And have you reached out to any of these people yet? Have you been? Well, no, this was just last night. So I haven't okay. had a chance. I had to come in to do this in awesome radio or a uh, podcast, but the um, uh, we will be reaching out to these people and uh, of course they're interested in filing a second suit up in washington and and so we're going to cooperate with them right because this needs to get out people need to hear about this I, I well and 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 you know i'm not a law professor or anything else but to my understanding you know obviously it's completely unconstitutional to surveil however when we're in wartime powers when we're under fema Mm -hmm. and the emergency orders this is why the declaration of emergency is so dangerous in the sense that it essentially strips people of their rights of constitutional procedurals and, and everything else now that can be challenge or question but that's kind of the premise of all these emergency declarations mm -hmm. now 
all it takes is one instance, one example, one pandemic, one pandemic, one situation for them rolling out this infrastructure to essentially overturn the chessboard mm -hmm. and roll everything in. And that's what's really dangerous. But also the fact that they, these guys are actually doing this mm -hmm. in real time and it's happening. So what's the AI element? to that is that just simply a computer that's deciphering through the data so it's a private flagging? it's a private ai system over in the united united kingdom it uh, by the way currently this is has been implemented in six other states illinois colorado there's i i don't know the other states i just know that there's six uh we got that from the oregon secretary of state wow uh after the file or uh, and through uh, representatives asking for this information so elected officials can get information much quicker than the public. Sure. And um, so basically we kind of hit them, hit them off on the side of the head. They weren't expecting it. And um, the, the reason that I agreed to pick up this lawsuit, because it's, you know, it's, I was already doing one election integrity lawsuit that, as you know, is on the way to the U.S. Supreme Court soon. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be in district court or circuit court, ninth circuit court on the 6th of December. And, and it's got the government very nervous because it's a, it's what I call a case of first impression. It's asking a, a new constitutional question. Does the government's behavior in the process that it uses to run elections, um, does that have an effect on people's confidence in the vote? And if the majority of people don't have confidence in the vote, do, uh, does, does that mean the system should be declared unconstitutional? Because the Constitution cannot operate without people having confidence in, in the election. In other words, the Constitution requires that. And guess what? Voting is considered speech. And it's really interesting that the very agent in Oregon which is the SOS, the Secretary of State's office says right here in the lawsuit, uh, answers directly and solely to the people of Oregon. Okay, and I want people to really take that to heart. So the very agent that's supposed to answer directly to us is now implementing the system because that agent does not trust us. Interesting. And that's what they see. They're seeing the tea leaves of tables turning, people being like, wait a minute, we've been sold this bag of tricks mm -hmm. our whole life of how we think the system is how we think it operates but now they're starting to uncloak per se yep. in the dictatorial elements that's the next natural cycle uh in a tyrannical system to do that uh and that's what we're seeing and they expect people like us like anybody uh to start standing up <laughs> because you realize there's nothing to lose well, um, and and they anticipate that, so they're putting in the infrastructure yep. to prevent that stuff from happening. This is wild stuff. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Noncompliant America. I'm Joshua Michael. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome back, folks. We live in interesting times. Ten years ago, if I would have sat you down and told you that we would be talking about AI integration into our society, monitoring and tracking American citizens and our own government openly admitting to rolling these systems out for the good and safety and security of free and open elections and, you know, operating society. You know, chapter and verse 
this is 1984. This is Brave New World. This is, it's so interesting how it's all out in the open now because they feel that they have the infrastructure, they have the interdependencies of everybody on these uh, technology devices. I mean, you can't even drive down the street or walk down the sidewalk when 90% of people have their head in their phone and they're just being instructed what to think about and what to do. And they're never really looking up and never really looking around. So these governments are trying to sneak in all of this crazy legislation and solidify their control. Similar, uh, you know, we were talking on the break about uh, Katie Hobbs in the Cary Lake situation with Arizona. Literally, the person overseeing the elections who's running for governor has all these discrepancies in Maricopa County and all of these other things, and she wins. <laughs> I mean, it's the fox guarding the hen house, and now you have the Secretary of State of Oregon who's rolling out the stuff, who's supposed to work for us and act on behalf of us, is now scared of us. So now they're doing these things and they're rolling out these systems to monitor, track, and control. And we all know this is, it's so interesting. Since uh, 9-11, Department of Homeland Security and the Patriot Act and all of this stuff that basically gave the government uh, a, a free pass to start tracking, monitoring, controlling Americans, um, you know, through in the name of security for terrorism, then terrorism escalated to domestic terrorism, then Julian... Um, exposed all of the things that the government was doing and uh edward snowden uh showed how the the our government is tracking and 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 uh manipulating so many elements right but then there's just there's so much to unpack uh i mean you have robert epstein talking about how they're doing um shadow manipulation google is which is one of the top search engines uh uh in the world on how they are covering their tracks on manipulating search results and people don't even know it. He's developing systems on how to prevent that and track that and everything else. So it is a real thing. It's a real thing. And the general public, this is such a heavy topic. It's a, the general public has such a hard time digesting everything. It's really seems complicated, uh, but in its simplest form, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. The fact is, is that they're trying to solidify their control and get it to where elections don't matter, to where we either give up or demoralized. Um, they disrupt our lives with so much uh, fanfare and propaganda that it's hard to decipher between what's real and what's not. But, but, but what an interesting time in which you're now scrolling through things online and there's a little sub menu that's telling you whether this is real or not. That's interesting to me because can't you look at it to determine if it's real or not? And then also, who determines whether it's real or not? Well, that's a perfect segue back to the system that the Secretary of State has implemented. Um, what I want people to understand, and it's really important, is that the, the government uh, writes all the regulations and makes all the rules. And they now have all this power to make law by rule. So the Secretary of State has the authority to define all the terms that, that determine whether your speech is acceptable or not, and you have no say in it, and there's nothing you can do. Not even the legislature can technically stop it. I mean, it would, it would take an act of, of Congress, if you will. So here's what it says in the RFP. The purpose of this RFP is to contract 
with a vendor to help provide a suite of products to identify and mitigate harmful information online as it relates to elections, mis, dis, or malinformation, or what they call MDM. Um, now, uh, what it says, it's RFP 7470. It includes these descriptions. Misinformation is false, but not created or shared with the intention of causing harm. Disinformation is deliberately created to mislead, harm, or manipulate a person, social group, organization, or country. Boy, talking about very specific there. And then the last one is malinformation is based in fact. So what you're saying is true, but it's being used out of context to mislead or harm or manipulate. Now, let's be honest in the world of the government's opinion. Um, those are very difficult criteria to stay out of trouble with where the government doesn't really define the criteria. It's anything you say used in any way, even if it's factual, that we determine we don't like, you are now going to be surveilled, tier one or tier two. And in that broad stroke, generalized uh, description, it's very open for interpretation. And it's it solely can be selectively, yep. select, selectively enforced. Yep. Not, wow. not, not, it's totally arbitrary it's, and capricious. But the government uh, is backed by its own rules that it wrote, all under the nose of, of an unsuspecting populace. Nobody voted for this. There, you know, nobody, nobody went out to the people and created a statewide narrative talking about the values of this surveil system and what controls could be put in place so that it truly does weed out bad actors. Well, and they know we, we would reject it. Well, of course. In then, its entirety, kind of like uh, the city of Salem tax. But then they're, yeah. saying, they're saying that they're defending democracy, Josh. Okay. Well, of but, course they are. But, but if here's, you read Zelensky's book, yeah. Rules for Radicals, of course they say it's in the name of democracy. Well, it gets better. So uh, this is the tactic that uh, people can use to push back on the government. This is why this has had such an impact. Right. So this is what people can do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. People can start saying on their socials and their memes and their, their, uh, when they're at parties with people, if our government is such a proponent of democracy, then why don't they trust it? Because our government does not trust free speech. It does not trust uh, the, the right of people to uh, be secure in their persons. It does not trust uh, you, the individual, to uh, uh you know, blaze out a trail for yourself based on your own personal self-interest and, and aspirations and goals. And what the government will do is they'll come back and say, well, there has to be limits to everything. Well, what they're saying is a radical example. Well, so what you say is, so you're saying that we don't have democracy because there should be no limit on democracy. Right. But there is absolutely a limit. It's basically, here's how it works. It's democracy is what we now define it as because we're the uh, people in charge. And we have the power and your job is to comply. And that's why your show, Non-Compliant America, is going to be flagged. I was on Lars Larson live. He didn't, he didn't even know about the RFP. I sent it to his producer. The producer said something to Lars. Lars knows me. He gets me on the show. And I debuted it and it was hilarious. And I said, Lars, your show, every word you now say is going to be flagged. And you will be identified. And he said on air, I will. Yeah. And, and he said, this is chilling. It absolutely is because, again, this is stuff that's been going on mm -hmm. and happening in a very selective group of people. There's been, you know, people for the past, you know, 50 years that have been disappeared or yep. lied about or, or misinformed or anything else. 
But now they're starting to unravel it to the general public. Mm -hmm. And they're building the infrastructure and they're trying to move that acceptance. So there's so much foreshadowing in a lot of the simulation that we watch with television shows and everything else. They have to adopt the general population's mind on some of these concepts in order to accept them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that you'll see in movies from five years ago, 10 years ago, such as, you know, the Hunger Games, yep. The Giver. I mean, all these children's movies, right? They're rather prescient, weren't they? <laughs> right. Well, and what's the overall uh, impression is that we're moving into a region-based society where there's hierarchies mm -hmm. and you're being completely surveilled and controlled and monitored and tracked and everything else. And they're inducting that concept and idea for where when you start seeing it, it's, it's, it's so sophisticated in the subconscious manipulation that people start adopting it as if they've already done it yep, or they're already living in it. Because in the suspended disbelief system, when you watch television shows, there's a part of your subconscious where you're actually emotionally tied in yep. with that engagement and whatever's happening in that show. <laughs> to where by extension, when that happens in real life, the door's already been opened. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to accept it. You're more likely to adopt it. And then whatever outcome that you saw in the movie that might have been positive, it might have been uplifting, it might have been good for humanity. In the end, the good guy always wins. Yeah, not so in this world. Not so much in this world. Yeah. And we're seeing that. And it's a good segue uh, into the January 6th prisoners mm -hmm. that it, it last week, I don't know if anybody saw this story, it very seldomly got reported, but they're getting reports now from these prisoners who keep in mind maybe rattled the fence and they were staying within the velvet ropes and walking around the Capitol. Mm -hmm. They are now in solitary confinement, going days without food, yep. being put into uh, you know prisons with cold and just absolute pure torture. They're getting cut off from civilization. In some cases, they're going 34 days without any communication. And when they do get a phone call or something like that, which nobody's talking about, this is absolute gulag. Uh, you know, the Guantanamo Bay prisoners got better treatment than these guys. Well, what they need to understand is that these are U.S. citizens. Absolutely. And, 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 and their, their rights have the been... Guant the Guantanamo Bay people were not. Right. But also... Think of this, that type of treatment and infrastructure is now being put in to where these guys were misinterpreted, misrepresented, calls in, called insurrectionists when it was nothing like an insurrection at all, which now we know is being used. The word insurrection is a specific chapter in keeping the president from being able to run for president, yep. If he, which is why he didn't come out and support these guys, which I was very critical about and everything else. But we can go on. We're talking to Mark Thielman. One more segment. Joshua Michael, we'll be right back. Yeah, I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching a slack. Me and my buddy, we working hard for this money. Day. He's a wealth of information, uh, and he's at the forefront on fighting back, fighting for your liberties, and doing the best that he can to represent you, the people, the common folk uh, that are essentially being forgotten, and the and the ladders being pulled up right 
now. We're talking about the AI infrastructure that's being rolled out and surveilling people. Um, but uh, Mark, what uh, what kind of other things are happening? What other information can 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 the people know? Well, I'll, t- I'll let everybody know a little bit of why I was asked to take this lawsuit on. And there's there's a reason for it. And I was really intrigued by it because, um, you know, I was reluctant to do so because I've got a lot on my plate. And, you know, you got to raise money and you got to go out and, and get a, what I call the court of public opinion. So now I have two lawsuits I have to talk about. And we talk about these things because uh, one of my strategies that's been the government doesn't like is uh, a lot of times, you know, companies or, or people will file a suit They'll hire a big, powerful attorney firm, and then you don't really hear much about it. Right. You just a little bit of coverage. Hey, this suit's been filed. Then you don't hear about it. Well, that's a big mistake. It Be- absolutely is. Um, so what I do, and as you know, I, your show has been part of it. I've come in and talked about wherever the lawsuit was at and what phase and what was the breaking news about it and talking about the legitimacy of the suit and the conduct of the court. So what I want people to understand is that we have to ask a question nationally. We have to build pressure here in this country, especially in Oregon. Why are our courts not protecting free speech? Why are our courts not opening up the door for inquiry into election integrity? When there's so much pressure in society and it's building, more and more people continue to have lack of confidence in the integrity of our voting system. And so that's why this system's being implemented because they're under pressure in the sector. They see it slipping. Yes. But they still have pressure in the court. The courts are under pressure. So we can counter that pressure. The only way you defeat a hierarchical, highly technological, well-funded, and and really manipulated by a small number of very intelligent people who have the power and means, Bill Gates and others, um, we can't rely on Elon Musk to save us. Right. Okay. Uh, that system is hierarchical and it's very powerful, but you can defeat it by creating a whole series of nodes from which to attack. In other words, a big elephant's easy to hit. Right. And we need to hit it, whether we're a mosquito or, or whether we're a raptor. And uh, that's how we have to do this. And James O'Keefe um, coined the term information by proxy. Yeah, information by proxy. Amen. Right. So, so everybody has to participate. Even if you're just the grumpy guy that goes to the coffee shop and you're a retired farmer or something and you just go and bitch about how things used to be better. You need to start shaping your narrative to why aren't the courts taking free speech very seriously? I mean, it's the core of our constitution. That's Voting right. is a form of speech. And so we, uh, the, the piece is, is I decided to move forward with this lawsuit, one, because I think it's critical for our freedom and preservation of, of, of individuality, uh, free expression, but also because I, th- I thought this is an opportunity for uh, conservatives uh, especially, but for people who believe in individualism, um, and individual freedom and expression to become unified. And that's what we've seen. So I have people in our party that normally would never talk to me, and they're calling me almost every day. They're representatives, they're elected officials, they're Republicans, and they have done a be- beautiful job. They have been hammering the Secretary of State for answers. So her response to basic questions is, well, we're not, we're not suppressing people's free speech. We don't remove anything from the Internet. Well, but what they do do is they surveil you, they identify you, and they refer you to law enforcement, and then law enforcement curves your free speech. Sure. But then they're also creating a chilling effect, that they're here to chill the things that are said on talk radio. So if they take away AM talk radio, that's another outlet they can shut down. That's, that has a lot to do with what this is about. Well, so, and we have, uh, we have um, plans for that. 
as well. Well, I, I fully expect that you do. But here's the fun part. So I started calling radio talk show people here in Oregon mm-hmm. from Lars Larson, Jeff Croft, and Mark Anderson, Carla um, Davenport, others. And uh, these people are in competition with each other. And they all know each other. They're friendly, but they're also com- competitors. And 100% of them were, not a single person shut me down. 100% of them said, um, I want I want to, you know, they had to check with their attorneys, but we want to be part of this lawsuit. Yeah. That is awesome. We have uh, rhinos working with us, people who have been dubbed rhinos in this state who are now on board. Yeah. We have Democrats who are so supporting us. This is a unifying message. Yeah. It's a message for the people saying, we're going to have limits and accountability to this government. Right. There are things the government should not be able to do. Well, and that's one thing that, you know, I always express and I always try to uh, emphasize with my listeners is that no longer are we, there's no more sidelines anymore for one. We've all been drug into the field, whether we know it or not, whether Mm -hmm. we've realized it or not. And the real battle and the real fight that we can fight actively every single day right now is in that court of public opinion is writing your congressmen, writing your senators, writing courts, writing judges. Mm -hmm. Judges can get mail too. Yes, they can. And you can express to them, you know, the concerns you have surrounding this. More importantly, a lot of them are older, not nothing against being old, but technology has gotten way past the skill set of these people that are, you know, writing legislation and understanding this. And so trying to dumb it down and simplify, and that's why I think that you do so phenomenal uh, at explaining this stuff is you have a, a a way of conveying your message, conveying what is happening, and more importantly, what people can do about it. But that's the real fight, and that's the real battle, is getting involved and just, you don't have to necessarily talk to even the public officials. True. You can talk to your neighbors. That's Educate what people yeah. on what's happening right now. And Amen. that's how we get, that's how we fight it. Secondly, and I say this every, every, every week, become a PCP. Yep. Become a PCP in your county and start raising these concerns in more of a public forum with whether you're Republican PCP or Democratic PCP, anything, and get your county to start talking about this. And that'll create more friction because here's the thing, as pioneers such as yourself, uh, pioneering these concepts and ideas and things that we need to look out for as we're looking ahead in the trail, as the entire herd of people are walking uh, down this path, you're out front saying, hey, we should take this path. There's less spikes. There's there's water that way. We're all going to get stuck. Let's go this way. Mm-hmm. In that, you're paving a path to make it okay for other people to follow behind you. And this is something that is so important through the court of public opinion of why it's important to get on talk radio and speak about this stuff. If people don't know that this is happening, they're never going to know about it. Yeah. And what I want people to know what the, what the secretary of state is doing with this system, even though we're the sixth or seventh state to start to try to implement it is absolutely fundamentally wrong. Absolutely. This is a government deciding about you making value judgments, judgments about you and you have no awareness of it. But the next thing you know, law enforcement shows up at your door. Right. That's exactly what happened in Washington State. That's a, that person went to that attorney who absolutely said, I will drive all the way across the state to meet with you in Seattle. That's what this attorney did. It's a good attorney. 
And I hope he uh, works with us in files in that state too. This has to become national news. Absolutely. And we, the people, can make it national news very quickly. Yep. And we can write all the talk radio shows, all mm -hmm. the all the shows, and let them know this is going on. Yeah. Because that's another element too, is the fact that we're being bombarded by so many different distractions. It's hard for the public to grasp and, and, and be able to wrap their mind around these concepts and ideas. So getting in the forefront, making everybody talk about it, talk about it at the dinner table and the upcoming Thanksgiving, let people know it's not a political issue. No. It's a rights issue. It's a preservation. It's an illegal thing that the Secretary of State's doing. Uh, and let people know about this because this is going to concern everybody. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to get them to roll this out and be able to normalize it and make it a thing to where it's like, oh yeah, that's just what we do. Just put on your mask if you want to go shopping. That's just what you got to do. Yeah, amen to that. No more <laughs> of that crap. So. All right, Mark Dillman, thank yep. you very much Thanks for joining for us. Me. Thanks for bringing this to the forefront and keep up the good fight. Where can people find you? Where can people follow what you got going uh, on? It's it's simple website, battlegroundoregon.org. Again, battlegroundoregon.org. Visit the website, plenty of info. All right, that's battlegroundoregon.org. Thanks again for listening. Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America, and as always, have a great week.